Good Thursday afternoon to you, and hello from the Ohio High School Hoops Around the State podcast. I am your host, Kurt Stubbs. I'd like to thank our friends here at Anchor Podcast for giving us this opportunity to host this podcast. We also like to thank some of our other uh, places that we show up, uh, which is Google Podcast, um, also Spotify, Stitcher, and uh, some of your other favorite podcasting locations. We're still waiting on Apple iTunes, um, so we're hoping to get up on there by the end of the week. And as always, we will let you know um, how we are doing on each one of those places. Uh, today we uh, are going to talk a little Central Ohio basketball, so we're going to bring uh, Zach Fleer from 270 Hoops back on. Zach, how goes it? I'm doing good, man. Finally have a night off, so kind of relaxing for once. That is very unusual for you. Yeah, yeah. No, Thursdays are the, the night for the wife, so I got to hey, keep man, that promise gotta, up. Hey, you got to take you got to take care you got to take care of the number one. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, hey, let's uh, let's quickly uh, look back at uh, some of the games we previewed from last week. Um, first of all, let's start off here in the uh, in the city league. Uh, big game, uh, first place on the line, and Walnut Ridge found a way, fifty six forty six over previously unbeaten Columbus South. Uh, Vaughn Cameron Davis was up to his old tricks with twenty six. Kavion Ross with thirteen. Uh, Treon Watkins and Taquan Symington each had 12 for South. Zach, I know we talked a little bit about this game last week. Um, big win for uh, Columbus, Columbus Walnut Ridge. Yeah, so for them, I mean, we previewed a little bit last week, but uh, with that victory, they now uh, hold the tiebreaker in the City League South over South. So if they can continue to, you know, win out the rest of their, you know, league play, they're going to have a chance to win a city league championship for the first time in a very, very long time. Um, again, you know, we talked about it last week. It was the front court presence there. Uh, Von Cameron Davis and Kavion Ross, you know, combined for almost 40 points. South really didn't have a matchup for them, but the biggest thing, you know, I talked to coach Spears over at South a few days ago. He said, uh, that game was one of the more embarrassing moments he's had in his coaching career. He said that, um, you know, his team was extremely selfish and, you know, didn't play to the standard that they're used to. And uh, guys just weren't, I guess, you know, into it mentally coming into that game and kind of walked into the gym as if, you know, they thought they were going to win. So tough loss for South, but I think it's a good humbling experience for them. You know, they were undefeated coming into that matchup. Now they face some adversity uh, so we could see, you know, a different South team going forward. Yeah, and I uh, I tended to, to agree with what you said last week in in your uh, when you were previewing this game with me that I thought you know especially at a high level guards win games and I thought that Columbus South had the edge at the guard position which is why I, I was I was to be honest with you I was a little bit surprised by the final score I thought South would win the game again even though you know it was a it was a rematch but I thought South's guard play would be the edge and. Uh, Obviously, that was uh, proved wrong. Um, so, big win for Walnut Ridge. Um, obviously, not all is lost for South. They're still going to be a major player in the Division II tournament. Um, another game we looked at last week, Dublin Kaufman and Hilliard Davidson, uh, 64-54 for the Shamrocks. Keaton Turner, kid we talked about last week, uh, 22 points to lead uh, Kaufman. Dominic Penn with 14, Luke Bartimez. 11, the usual suspects, 
Jacob Dries, uh, who we'll talk about um, the game from Tuesday night here a little bit later, but he had 12 engaged keys, 11. Um, not surprising to you with the final result here. No, so, you know, Kaufman, I knew if – I think I'd mentioned if they scored over 60, they'd get the win, and uh, that's kind of what happened, you know, last week with that final score. But the story, again, is I think it's the Keaton Turner breakout season. Um, it continued. I think he finally had that first moment there against Pick North a few weeks ago, and then with this one, you know, Kaufman got down 7 nothing early on, and they brought Keaton off the bench, and he, you know, provided an instant spark. I think they went on a 10-0 run after that um, and kind of took the game over. And in the fourth quarter, Kaufman's – you know, depth and offensive firepower kind of took over late. Um, but Davidson, we're going to talk about the win they had earlier this week. But, again, they, they fought hard. They got a great front court. Gage Keys being back made a difference in that game. Um, I think Davidson's a team that in the district tournament, if, if Canal Winchester is the first team on that, you know, fourth quadrant, Davidson could be a team that jumps in that bracket and maybe makes a run for a district final. They've done it a couple times in the last few years. They seem to, you know, get hot at the right time of the season. Uh, for them, you know, Kaufman, they're the far and away the top team in the OCC Central. Uh, but the Rocks, you know, they have the firepower, but Davidson's right there, I think, with the size and senior leadership they have. Um, that could be a team, you know, Friday night against Upper Arlington. I think Davidson's favored there, and we'll talk about that a little later. But um, they're a team, I think, that people shouldn't sleep on, um, you know, in the rest of the area. Okay. A game um... – I was at uh, last Friday night. Uh, you were there as well. Uh, Picktown showdown, a rematch of Pickerington North and Pickerington Central, a game Central won the first time around, 80-67. to 67. Uh, This would not be a repeat as North uh, scored the 65-55 win over Central. Um, Jack Sawyer uh, was a one-man wrecking crew for the Panthers, 28 points, 12 rebounds. Uh, Chris Scott added 13 for pick central. Uh, Javon Garcia uh, had 20 uh, Garner Wallace with 14. Uh, he didn't start out uh, real hot, but I thought he played pretty well late in the second half um, for central. Uh, they you know, obviously without uh, Colton Landis, who was hurt for that game. But I mean, without Landis in there, without towns, I mean, Jack Sawyer just basically had his way in there against a, a much overmatched inside of Central. Yeah, Jack, that was going to be the match. That was going to be the key for North. They got him involved early and often, um, really made his presence felt from the very opening tip and was, you know, I just I loved his attitude and intensity on Friday. He was talking to the crowd. He was talking to other players. He was really into it and, uh, had a mission to prove there, and he got it done. Uh, 28 points, 12 rebounds, super efficient. Scored it from all over, had a couple transition threes, had a couple and ones. Um, and I was really impressed with his defensive performance as well. He stood his ground well and uh, defended Garner Wallace extremely well. You know, Garner really didn't get going until about three or four minutes left in the game. Um, but North, outside of Jack, I was impressed with Chris Scott. I thought he played under control, played his role really well as kind of the the junkyard dog for them getting rebounds, defending at a high level, you know, finishing a couple tough buckets through contact. Um, but a couple guys that came off the bench um, that I was impressed with for, was Jalen Baylor and Idris Lawrence. I thought both of those guys um, brought them great energy, hustled on both ends of the floor and had that kind of toughness that they would need 
uh, to take down a team like Central. It's you know really balanced and has a lot of firepower. Yeah, I thought lost in the fact of uh, Sawyer uh, with his monster night. I thought Hunter Shedenhelm had a fantastic night on the defensive end. He was really um, slowing down Javon. I know Garcia had 20, but he really made it difficult on him at the uh, at the offensive end. Hunter's got great length, moves his feet pretty well, and I thought he did a good job of keeping Javon in front of him most of the night. And I thought that really kind of got lost in the, you know, a lot of times we get caught up in points and things like that. But uh, I really thought Hunter did a great job uh, on the defensive end. I agree. You know, Javon had 20, but he only had six points on field goals. Uh, He got 14 at the free throw line. And Hunter contested every single shot that Javon put up. I don't think – I don't know if JG scored on Hunter. He might have maybe once or twice, but – like you mentioned, Hunter was great on the defensive side. That's a great matchup for Javon just with the length and the way Hunter can move. Um, he, may, he may not pass a look test for someone that you could put on Garcia, but uh, for North it seems like the right matchup because he's got the length and quickness to, you know, bother someone like Garcia who really gets going when he's you know, puts his head down and gets to the basket. Another uh, return matchup, Hilliard Bradley uh, – did what Hilliard Bradley does best. Uh, scores a 47-31 win over Thomas Worthington. Matt Alaco with 18. Chris Mayfield, uh, 14. That's a pair of juniors right there uh, for Bradley. Ben White with 11. And uh, sophomore Isaac Settles had 10. So those guys had 21 of Thomas Worthington's 31 total. Um, you kind of thought this game was going to go the way of Bradley Obviously, they dictated the tempo that they wanted. Any surprises here? Uh, my biggest surprise was, I mean, it's not a huge surprise, but Thomas had eight points in the second half as a team. I mean, with a, a roster that's got the firepower they do and the talent, um, I think it just speaks to how well Bradley defends. My prediction, my score prediction, I remember, was 48-33, to 33, so I was four you, total points off. Yeah, you were close. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty close there. Um, but, yeah, no, I was surprised about that, and, I think I'd mentioned last week, you know, if Thomas wanted to win, Jalen Sollinger would have to get going. And I think he only had two points that night. You know, A.J. Mergen's done a great job on him both times they've played this year. Um, a matchup of, you know, probably the top two point guards in the sophomore class. And A.J.'s won that matchup, at least on the defensive side, uh, in their first two matchups. But a surprise that Chris Mayfield put, putting in 14 points, he's kind of taking a backseat as far as scoring is concerned this year, uh, more so playing his role as just a tough, rebounder, defender, and just a guy that, you know, gives Bradley a physicality that not a lot of teams can match up with. And uh, Chris has done a great job in that role. And then, you know, when his number's called to score, he can do that. So Bradley's tough, man. They're still undefeated. They had a chance to maybe go to fly into the hoop and win against Oak Ridge, Florida. And, well, you know, we'll talk about that a little later too. But, um, you know, don't sleep on the Jags. Jack P may be out, but, you know, they still have elite team defense and then guys who can step up and score, you know, when they need to. Olentangy Orange gets a signature win. 51-47 over Olentangy Liberty. Nick Brannon with 15 for Orange. Andre Irvin uh, with 10 for uh, Liberty. Ben Roderick, 24 uh, to lead the way for the Patriots. Uh, Big time win here for Coach Kalo and his Pioneers. Yeah, so that one... The top two scorers for the Pioneers coming in were Luke Ballinger and Bryson Lane. And 
Uh, you know, if you told me that neither one of those guys would finish in double figures, I might have said, you know, there's no way they beat Liberty. But uh, Nick Brennan steps up with 15 points. Andre Irvin, the sophomore, um, you know, the, the third scoring option there in the backcourt uh, with 10. I, I think that's, a like you mentioned, a great signature win for Orange. They were just coming off a tough loss earlier last week to Hilliard Davidson uh, where they were beaten by nearly 30 points. So one for them to hold Roderick under his average, you know, 24. That's kind of an average night. Uh, if not below average for Roderick, but then to hold Liberty, uh, a team that's got a lot of firepower, they put up 80 on Huber Heights Wayne earlier this year. To hold them to 47 is equally as impressive. Um, and Orange is another team. They're nine to five, but they played an extremely tough schedule. Uh, they can defend, and then you know they also have balanced scoring. And a guy like Nick Brandon, who's a senior, about six foot four, athletic, uh, can make shots and stretch the floor. He's kind of the five man for them. Uh, if he can continue to have performances like that, Orange is going to be a team that. I could surprise somebody in the tournament, maybe make a run to the district semifinals or maybe even further. Yeah. I found it interesting. And this is a very coach Kalo type thing here, but you know, Ben and Nick combined for 35 for Liberty uh, and the rest of the team only had 12. If I'm inside the mind of Anthony Kalo right now, I would assume that that probably was the game plan to make sure none of those other guys beat him. Yep. And obviously they, they did a good job of doing that. Yes. I mean, that's kind of what Ed has done as well at Westerville South. So uh, Orange is, you know, taking on some of those lessons from Spaghetti Eddie over there at <laughs> South. So, uh, you know, Orange, again, again, they're 9-5. I have them number 15 in my rankings. Um, they're, they're a tough squad. They can compete with anybody they play and, um, you know, when they're not getting blown out like they were against Davidson, they've, they've been really competitive against everybody else they've faced up against. So uh, the Pioneers, that's a team in those C Buckeye. That's a really tough conference again this year. You know, there's really no easy league game. Uh, this is a big win for them and kind of knocks Liberty off their perch because up to that point they hadn't lost in the conference yet. So I would say that Olin TNG Orange is one of those teams on Selection Sunday that if you're a, you know, top-tier team, you, you don't want to see this team uh, real early in the tournament because they're a type of team that, you know, they, they could get somebody uh, with the way, with the way they play. Absolutely. I mean, the, and the, the thing is they, they really challenge themselves in non-conference as well. They went up against teams like Dublin Kaufman, Hilliard Davidson, Walnut Ridge that they might face in the tournament. So, you know, if you are a top seed, you might've played them already so that even, um, would be in the back of your mind, like, man, those guys gave us a tough game earlier in the season. Like, we really don't want to play them in the sectional semis or sectional finals. So, uh, Orange has it rolling. Um, you know, I love the way Kalo develops those guys. And, you know, you see it, guys like Bryson Lane and Luke Ballinger, you know, they didn't come in hype. They didn't come in, you know, as guys that people really knew about. But now they're two of the better senior guard duos in the area and guys that just know how to play and, you know, love the game. So, that's the culture they have at Orange, and I think it's going to continue to improve and go up from here. All right, two other quick comments from uh, last weekend. You had here's our CCL recap: Hartley beats Waterson by six. St. Charles uh, gets Reedy by four. Uh, so not any different. Week before, two close games in the CCL. Uh, like I said, Hartley gets a big win over Waterson and and St. Chuck. Um, has kind of surfaced as maybe the uh, the front runner in the CCL. I know they're led by a very good freshman, Jared Fry, big time player. Um, they they kind of 
splashing onto the radar when they beat Hartley earlier in the year. And uh, Jared's been their top scorer almost every game this year. He's done it against top teams, top competition. Um, but for on the other side, for Hartley beating Watterson, that's a must-needed win for Hartley. They were, you know, one and three to start off, so that was a bit surprising. Um, you know, they get revenge with Watterson to take them down. But these two, they're still looking up at DeSales, who's still undefeated. Um, and I think, you know, these games, all these games are close, so you could see someone like St. Charles or Hartley maybe upsetting DeSales and giving them their first loss. The other game uh, from the MSL, Worthington Christian knocked off uh, Grandview Heights 43-32. Freshman DJ Moore had 19 in that game. Um, and then moving on to, we'd already kind of mentioned here, the fly into the hoop. Hilliard Bradley and Olentangy Liberty were no-shows due to weather. Um, it was an easy it was an easy fix for Eric Horseman and his staff down at the fly into the hoop. He just bumped Centerville, who was supposed to play Olentangy Liberty. He bumped them into the game against Oak Ridge, who Bradley was supposed to play. And Centerville ended up handily beating Bradley or handily beating Oak Ridge. So I have no doubt in my mind that Bradley, you know, could have went down there and got the W against that very talented Oak Ridge team. And uh, it would have just been interesting to see Liberty and Centerville play in that game. But two teams from the area that did get to play, um, Harvest Prep knocked off um, Middletown Madison 79-56. to Junior guard C.J. Anthony with 32 points. Sol Hines with 10. Grant Weissman uh, had 20. Talented junior for Madison. Uh 61.5% Harvest Prep shot from the field, 19 of 23 from two, and 13 of 29 from three. And uh, interesting, they were just two of two from the foul line. And, and if you look at the game, Madison shot 47% from the field, which is not bad by any means, and gets beat by 21. That's the way Harvest Prep plays, man. They're 100 miles an hour. Uh, C.J. Anthony at the point guard spot. He's constantly putting pressure on the opposing team, you know, on both ends of the floor. And in this matchup, it was really like the breakout moment, I feel like, on a big scale for C.J. Anthony. Um, he's done it the last two years, especially last year, you know, leading Harvest Prep to 28-0 all the way to the state semifinals. I think it was finally, you know, people outside of Columbus got to see how good C.J. Anthony is. Um, he's a bulldog, always going to play hard, play tough, play to win. It doesn't matter the setting. And, you know, on a stage like that, I knew he was going to come out and have a big game. Uh, 32 points and, you know, really three and a half quarters of action. Um, just shows how good Harvest Prep's going to be because, you know, Madison's not any slouch. Like, they're going to be one of the better Division three teams right. um, in the state tournament when it rolls around if they make it there. Um, it, for Harvest Prep, this is a big momentum win for them. They suffered a couple losses there in out-of-state tournaments, and this kind of puts them back on the radar as, hey, we're still here. You know, we're going to be right there when it comes down to the state tournament. Um, and another guy that we didn't mention, but Brandon Beavers had a great game for Harvest Prep. Um, he's one of the more improved senior guards in Central Ohio. And someone, you know, if they want to win a state championship, he's going to have to continue to play at a high level. And I think he's capable of it. Um, he's one of the more underrated guards in the area. So Harvest Prep, they can run 100 miles an hour. They can make shots and they run a lot of great offensive action. Um, I think Coach David Dennis doesn't get enough credit for just the type of high-quality coach that he is. Yeah, and make no mistake about it. When they lost those games um, 
out of state. They lost, uh, ended up losing to Kettering, ironically, Kettering Fairmont, who's the host school of, of the fly to the hoop. Um, they lost a, a close game to them. That by no means is any slouch. Um, they turned a lot of heads on Friday night of the fly to the hoop. Ryan Hall, very talented player for them. So that was not a bad loss by any means for Harvest Prep. Um, they're solidifying their self. Like you said, Zach, not just the Central Ohio, but around the state. And I know when I was covering a lot, a lot of games, it, it was always kind of like um, a pat, you know, like a pound on the chest when finally other people get to see stuff that, like Zach, you've been saying for, for years about CJ Anthony. Uh, and now everybody kind of gets to see it. Yep. So that's a kid. I, I'm a big fan. You know, maybe other people may not have been as high on him, uh, whether or not it's his size or, you know, speed or quickness, athleticism, whatever. Um, he's just a guy that knows how to play, plays to win, and he's a great leader. I mean, he elevates everyone around him and uh, finally, again, had a chance to put that on display and you know, show people that he belongs in the conversation with the best guards in the state. So the other game uh, featuring a Central Ohio team was the event closer uh, on Monday night, and that was Pickerington Central scoring a 95-80 to win over um, crowd favorite Trotwood Madison, who came into the game, uh, quote-unquote, number one in the state, according to the AP poll in Division Two. Uh, Central was never uh, really challenged in this game. Uh, Javon Garcia, 32 points. Garner Wallace, 24 points and 10 rebounds. Jaden Lipscomb, uh, happy for this young man, a senior, comes off the bench uh, to get 11 points. And this is a game that Central needed um, confidence-wise, bouncing back from that loss to the rival North on Friday night. I told several people before the game, you know, they asked me, on Sunday and Saturday, what what did you think about this game? And I said, you know, I, I think this game would not uh, show Central's deficits um, or some of their weaknesses because of the way Trotwood wants to get up and down. And I said, you know, I think Central will oblige that. Uh, and they certainly did. And the game kind of played out the way I thought it would, because when you get Garcia and even Garner Wallace, who, who loves to play in transition, that's going to highlight what they do best. Absolutely. I, I, I agree with you there. Uh, Javon's a kid that wants to get to the basket, wants to get up and down. And uh, on a court full of athletes against a team that, you know, Troutwood, they have elite athletes. You know, Javon did what he does and really wasn't affected by it. Um, I think that just goes to show just how athletic he is and how gifted he is at the point guard position. Um, but for Garner Wallace, you know, he had 14 points on Friday, but that was kind of a tough performance for him. Mm -hmm. uh, really struggled on the offensive end. Uh, for 24 and 10, that's a great confidence boost, especially since he's in a new role now, having to start and uh, really carry a bigger load of the offense than probably uh, more than probably expected coming into the season. For him, shows that he's capable. And, uh, again, Jaden Lipscomb, I'm happy for him as well. He seemed like he'd struggled with his confidence a little bit uh, in the first, you know, 11, 12 games of the season. Uh, maybe that's a game that'll get him going and uh, help this team, you know, really get used to what they have right now and just see how good they can be going forward. Um, but it's good to see Colton Landis back as well um, for them. I think Central's going to be right there when it comes to the regional tournament. This could be a win that they hang their hat on as, um, you know, like you mentioned, a confidence boost going forward after suffering that loss to North. Yeah, I think I think having Colton back is a big just 
overall confidence boost to the team. He's a guy that's been around for a while. You know, he, he does a lot of the dirty work. He gives you a, a solid presence in the paint, a uh, good defensive rebounder. Uh, but another kid um, that I think is, is going to have to take the next step if, if Central wants to reach where, where they want to be, and that is sophomore El Haji Theum, who has a ton of potential. Um, you could see, you know, his weak frame. He's young. His weak frame really showed up against Sawyer, who's kind of on another planet as far as guys that are physical. Uh, but I think he's a guy to keep an eye on uh, moving forward to see how he progresses in a more significant role for this team. Yeah, he's a high upside kid that has length. Uh, he's you know plays pretty hard. Isn't there physically yet, but when he gets there, I think he's going to be really intriguing. Um, just has some has some physical tools that not a lot of guys have, and you know that matchup with Sawyer was extremely tough. You know, Jack is has NFL defensive end physicality almost already. Yes, um, as a sophomore, and El Haji's not there yet. But I think when that kid's a senior, that could be someone you know like an Adrian Nelson that really developed out of nowhere, and then by the time they were seniors, they were you know among the top players in the state. So uh, it's a guy to keep an eye on. You know, Central they have young talent. I think it. Two other guys that also need to continue to play at a high level are, you know, Connor Masig and Tyleek Walker. Uh, they, they've been there before as far as, you know, role players, but now they're going to have to be more primary guys. And um, I think they're both capable of it. You know, Central has plenty of weapons offensively. Um, and it, these guys just have to kind of get adjusted to their new roles. And I think once they do, they're going to be a dangerous team in the tournament. Now, moving on to Tuesday night's games uh, a couple nights ago, Thomas Worthington and Delaware Hayes met for the second time this season. Hayes won the first game, 76-73. This time around, there would be no such result. Uh, Thomas Worthington got a 70-56 to win. Jalen Sollinger, a kid that you mentioned before, uh, he bounces back off of uh, a rough performance you know, against Bradley with 22 points. Isaac Settle, 17, and Ben White, 11. Delaware Hayes got 16 from Taryn Kinsway. Paul Burris and Nate Griggs with 12 and Juwan Lyles 10. That's the usual suspects for Delaware Hayes. The rest of the team, though, just scored six points. Nice ba- bounce back win here for Tom- a young Thomas Worthington team, Zach. Yeah, this is a big conference win for them to, you know, stay in the race there in the OCC Cardinal. They're a couple games back of Bradley, but uh, this at least kind of keeps them in the conversation if someone like a Dublin Jerome is – uh, to maybe upset Bradley, but for them, you know, Stollinger, especially after that, you know, tough performance against Bradley, 22 points, uh, Delaware really didn't have a matchup for him. He kind of got to his spots and knocked down some jumpers. Uh, Settles is another kid, you know, not really a great matchup uh, for Delaware Hayes, just big, athletic, uh, pretty physically imposing for a sophomore. And then Ben White, he had 11 points, but they really went to him to start the game, and uh, he got them going offensively. They really opened the game up. It wasn't as close as the score looks. Um, they were up by 18 to 20 points of stretches in the second half. And it's, a, it's a great win for Thomas. You know, these guys won five games last season. They've already doubled that. You know, they're up to 11-3 and three now, I believe. Um, and they can keep it rolling. They have a big game tomorrow night at Dublin, at Dublin Jerome. Um, Jerome is currently in second place in the OCC Cardinal. These two schools do not like each other. There's some, you know, beef between the coaching staffs. Oh, yeah, there. that's what I like. That's what I like to hear. That's the kind of knowledge I want to hear. Yeah, I mean, like not sharing film, kind of, you know, getting mad at one another. They got into it last time. The game went to overtime, and 
uh, was a great battle. You know, Devlin Jerome's going to be ready for him on Friday night. Uh, it's going to be a great environment. I'm really looking forward to that one. But for Thomas, this is great momentum for them, you know, beating the quality opponent like Delaware Hayes uh, leading into Friday's matchup at Jerome that is surely to be highly contested. Another game that um, from Tuesday night, Dublin Kaufman continued to remain unbeaten with a 67-59 win over an orange team we just pre- previously talked about. Luke Bartimez with a big game, uh, 23 points, Will Hunter 14, Dom Penn 14. Luke Ballinger 16 and Andre Irvin 13 for Kaufman. Kaufman just continues to roll along, Zach. Yep, uh, the Rocks are offensively loaded. Bartimus is continuing to show why he's one of the very best seniors in the area. Uh, it's a guy that came out of nowhere this summer, especially. You know, he went from in a span of two months from having like almost zero recruiting interest to a Lincoln Memorial offer, which isn't very easy to do. Um, elite shooter with great size. He really committed himself to the weight room this past offseason and shed some weight, became more athletic, definitely stronger. Um, and he's been the key for them offensively. You know, Don Penn's going to do what Don Penn does, but uh, Luke's a guy that they now have a truly consistent second option. And then, you know, when you have someone like Keaton Turner and Will Hunter and Derek Van Valera and they don't have to, you know, be the guy for you, <laughs> you're really fortunate offensively because they have a lot of depth. Um, and when they're making their shots and that ball's flying around, they're really, really entertaining and really tough to stop. So, I don't see. I really don't see anyone in the regular season giving Kaufman a loss, um, especially since Upper Arlington's a little different now uh, without Max Martz. It's rumored that Max should return possibly tomorrow, if not maybe a week after, um, which will make that second you know game at UA a little more interesting. But UA has to come to Kaufman, and this time they won't have Dan Goodwin to kind of hit a game-winning shot for them. So. Uh, <laughs> It'll be interesting. I, Kaufman, that could be a team that rolls, you know, into the district tournament undefeated. I would uh, definitely agree with that assessment. Zach, why don't you take me through the ending of this next game? Hilliard Davidson, um, Olin Tangy Liberty, Davidson gets a 64-62 win in dramatic fashion. Yeah, so Joey Thatcher uh, for Liberty had really brought them back with a couple late threes. Uh, we had Jake Spiegel, our staff writer there for this one, filming it and everything. All eyes were on uh, Ben Roderick with about 10 seconds left. Liberty was down two. And instead, Roderick does a dribble handoff, gives it to Thatcher, and Thatcher buries a three from the top of the key. And I liked what Davidson did there. They didn't call a timeout. Uh, they wanted to play it out. And then, you know, Jacob Drees backing down Nick Nikashian and then burying the turnaround jumper over him. Um, as time expired, that was a great ending for that one. Uh, for Davidson, this is a huge win. Liberty was a team that, you know, is, as far as like the second tier teams of Central Ohio, they're one of the best and they have, you know, arguably the best player in the area uh, for Davidson to get that win and again, get Gage Keys involved. Carson Felicity is another senior that had about 14 points, really played well. He had a pretty good game uh, the other night uh, against Kaufman too. So for Davidson, you know, they lose it. They lose the Davis. They lose to Kaufman. Um, you know, maybe lost a little bit of momentum there, but then they come back and uh, get that win against Liberty, leading into Friday's matchup um, on the road at Upper Arlington. It'll be Senior Night for the Bears. Um, Davidson's going to have a you know pretty tough challenge there, but if they can win that one as well, they're going to be right there as uh, maybe a top you know seven, six or seven or eight team in the area. A sneaky game Tuesday night that kind of uh, slipped under the radar. A couple of really good D2 teams, Granville 
and Columbus to sales. The sales ends up winning that game 61 to 53. Kobe Ryder with 13 for DeSales. Uh, Cam Crouch, quarterback for Granville, had 18, and Jake Stone, 12. Zach, the sales just kind of keeps quietly rolling along here, and, and Granville is kind of a team that's flew under the radar a little bit. This was a pretty good game the other night. Absolutely. Sales really pulled away there in the fourth quarter. Um, they got some big plays out of Kobe Ryder. Anthony Sharoni, another senior that's been in the program for a long time, and Kyan Durden as well. For Granville, it's a tough loss. <clears throat> they had an elite defense up to this point. It might be the most points they've allowed all season. Um, but DeSales, it's it flown on the radar. You know, everyone's kind of looking at South. Uh, they've had all the headlines there in D2. Uh, but don't sleep on DeSales. They have plenty of, you know, plenty of firepower. We haven't even mentioned yet. We've, we've brought up maybe three or four players from DeSales, but they still have um, Desmond Watson, who's a sophomore and one of the very better or very best sophomores in the 2021 class. He's on that roster as well. They have talent. Um, they were very young a year ago and struggled in the CCL. Now they're in first place, and those guys have a lot of confidence. Uh, Durden's one of few seniors on that roster. They can put the ball in the basket. They play in the CCL, so they know how to play defense, and they're obviously going to be physical because you really don't get any easy calls when you play in those conference games. So I think DeSales is going to be right there. Maybe they, they probably go opposite of South in the district tournament. You know, Spears has already told me that he wants to go up to Bowling Green. So uh, if DeSales can win a district title and, you know, go to Dayton, they may have a shot. You know, you're going to have teams like Trotwood, Madison, Cincinnati, Taft. So it's going to be extremely tough uh, when you get down there. But I think the Steins could be right there. The last time they were this good was back in 2016 when they made it all the way to regional final and, you know, ended up losing to an eventual state champion in John Glenn. But uh, the Stallions have, you know, plenty of young talent and they're battle tested now you know, after taking the lumps last year as a young team. One other game before we move into the previews uh, from last night, Columbus Academy gets a 42-40 win over Whitehall. Uh, Carter Wurstler had 22 for for Columbus Academy. Royal Sibley had 12 for Whitehall. Columbus Academy now currently riding a seven-game winning streak heading into their big matchup on Friday against Worthington Christian, and that's a game I wanted to – bring up here Columbus Academy uh, at Worthington Christian on Friday night Worthington Christian took the first meeting 53 to 49 freshman DJ Moore had 17 and Nikimba Mullins 12 in that game for Worthington Christian Chris Boyle had 13 to lead Columbus Academy and number and uh, Dorian Moultrie had 10 Zach close game the first time around Worthington Christian gets the W at Columbus Academy. This time we're at Worthington Christian. Where do you see this game? Columbus Academy's hot right now. I think you go either way. You know, Worthington Christian, they're just as hot. Uh, they had two top 10 D3 wins last week between Fairbanks and Grandview Heights. Uh, you know, they, they really relied on DJ there in the second half to take that win. But Academy, they're confident, um, you know, after – Suffering that loss to my alma mater, Central Crossing, earlier in the year, they've really turned it up. And <laughs> I love, uh, I love when you slip that in there. I gotta bring it up because I don't think we've won a game since, hey, other than West. I'll find a way to slip Central Crossing in here <laughs> at some point. At some point, um, but no, I, Academy, they're playing extremely good ball right now. Dalen Decree's a senior that has been very good. He's improved from last year and has really turned into maybe their go-to guy. But Carter Worsler. 
in that Whitehall win, he really put the team on his back, had a career-high 22 points and made some big shots in the fourth quarter. Um, for Academy in that game against Whitehall, they took first place in the MSL Ohio with that. So this will be a big one for Worthington Christian, especially trying to get back and uh, maybe get in the race there. That MSL Ohio division is tough. You know, all five of those teams can beat anybody at any given night. Um, so there's really no off night when it comes to that league. I think this one goes either way. Um, Academy's done it on the road. They've done it at home. This would be probably their toughest matchup in the last couple of weeks um, with the way DJ Moore is playing right now for freshman He's been as good as any freshman guard, you know, having to lead a team and be the number one guy. Um, I think since probably Dom Penn when he was a freshman and, you know, putting up big numbers for Kaufman. So um, it's been really fun to watch. And again, I think this goes either way. If Nakimba Marlins can have a good game, especially Derek Harden uh, for Worthington Christian, he's a kid that's tripled his scoring production since last year and is really their floor spacer. So, um, Again, I think this one goes either way. I, I'm going to take Academy. I think they're going to get it done on the road. I think those seniors, Chris Boyle and Dorian Moultrie, are going to you know step up and have big performances. You've hear, heard it here first, and I agree with you. I think this game could definitely go either way. You got me really excited last time about the future of Worthington Christian. Uh, I think that's a team that uh, moving forward into next year is going to be a team that's going to be really, really good. Uh, now – Let's slide over here to the uh, City League. Columbus Beechcroft, 11-3, and three, playing at 7-7 seven and seven, Linden. Uh, Linden lost round one, 79-66. Devon Wooden and uh, is this Niall Simmons? Niall, yeah. Niall Simmons with 20 apiece. Elijah Harris. They call him Nay, so you can just say Nay. That's uh, not, I guess, Nay Simmons him, with 20 as well. Uh, Elijah Harrison, 14 uh, also for Beechcroft, Chance Gross, 17 for Linden. Um, any chance that uh, Linden on the home boards with uh, Chance playing? Well, Chance is ineligible for the rest of the season due to the transfer that he, he blew that Beechcroft and he came back to Linden. So ah, he won't be playing. Um, that's going to be Linden, a problem. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a problem um, for them. The, the last matchup against Beechcroft, Linden turned the ball over 10 times in the first quarter, um, which led to a ton of fast break points. Davon Wooden was a guy that broke out in that game for Beechcroft. Uh, Beechcroft knows that if they can continue to win and, you know, if they don't lose another game, they're going to go back to the City League Championship. Uh, this is a must-win game because they do have uh, Northland coming to their gym, I believe, next Tuesday. So they can't look ahead. Uh, Linden's still a tough team. You know, without chance, they took Northland to the final buzzer last night. Uh, Northland hit a game-winning three in that one. Um, otherwise, Linden would have had a chance if they beat Beechcroft and maybe win the City League North title. Uh, Linden still has players. I've been impressed with senior David Brown. Uh, there's a junior there, Tier Harris, who's a 6'4 forward that has been very productive. You know, he's not super athletic or super hyped up, but he's a kid that knows how to play, and he's one of the few guys on that roster that doesn't seem to be sped up um, or out of control, you know, at all times. So, Linden has to take care of the ball. If they don't take care of the ball, they're not going to have a shot. Um, I'm still going to take Beechcroft. I've been impressed with Nay Simmons. Uh, as a senior, he's really taken a step up, and he's finally consistently productive, which was his biggest problem before the season. He'd show you flashes maybe once every five games, but um, you know every other time you saw him, sometimes you didn't realize he was out there. Now he's had to be the guy. And a freshman for them, J.J. Simmons, the brother of Jelani Simmons, uh, Jalen has been very, very good in their first Northland win. He knocked down seven threes, I think, and had about Oof. 24 points. So 
Beechcroft, the talent is still there. You know, they got some young guys in that program who can play. And the seniors, you know, Elijah Harrison was a guy that was about the sixth or seventh man last year. Um, and Jordan Hall is another senior. And uh, Trayvon Reader is another guy that was on that team last year. They're all playing good ball. Uh, Davon Wooden, though, especially a junior guard, came out of nowhere for them and, you know, been their you know, point of attack there in the backcourt alongside uh, Jalen Simmons. So Beechcroft's on a mission right now. I think they've won eight straight games. They started off uh, three and three and took some tough losses, got blown out by DeSales to start the season. Uh, they got their, you know, they got their confidence down right now, and I think they're on a mission. And uh, with the blowout win they had over Centennial last Friday, uh, I think they sent a message across the rest of the City League that, you know, they're like Beechcroft's not going anywhere. They're still here, and, you know, they want to win the North Division again. And that last year, you know, the Croft was a team that I, I know we both thought could really have a good chance of getting to Columbus. It was kind of a shame they played one of the worst games uh, in the regional up there at uh, Bowling Green. But this is a team that's kind of flew under the radar a little bit. They lost a lot from that team, but they they appear to be peaking at the right time and could be a, a dangerous out in the tournament. Absolutely. You know, they, they're peaking, they're getting hot at the right time. Like you just mentioned. Um, and I, I think, you know, people are kind of writing off the North division champ, you know, for one at Ridge in the city league title. I think Beechcroft, they have the size and physicality and they've been there before to maybe get the job done again. Um, and D two, it's really open. Those teams have all kind of beaten each other. They've taken some weird losses here and there. Uh, a team like DeSales, you know, I thought they were the short fire number two. They go out to Pittsburgh and they lose to Worthington Kilbourne. So, Really, anything can happen in D2. Um, I think Beechcroft, though, with that experience they have, you know, Coach Simmons now, he's won a district title. He's won a city title. Um, he's, he's got that down. And those guys really know how to win, too. They learned a lot from that senior class, finally breaking the mold there at Beechcroft and getting over the hump and, you know, not being a team that would have come in with the term with momentum and then lose to someone like Buckeye Valley or Heath in the, you know, district semis. That's not happening anymore at Beechcroft. And I think in D2, it's really wide open. Um, you know, South is the number one, but I think any of those teams from maybe two to six, they can all beat on each other. So uh, look out for Beechcroft. I think that's a, a squad that they're well coached. And, you know, Coach Simmons is a great motivator and really gets the most out of those guys. Yeah, Coach Simmons has, has, Coach Simmons has done a fantastic job with Beechcroft. A game that I will be at tomorrow night, 10-5, and five, Gehanna Lincoln at 11-3, and three, Pickering the North. Uh, this is a repeat of the first time around here. Panthers took the first meeting 85-77. Uh, this was a very entertaining game. Hunter Sheddenhelm at 33 and Jack Sawyer 26 for pick north. Elijah Thomas 27 and freshman Sean Jones with 20 for Gehanna. Eight-point win the first time around. Pretty high-scoring game. Um I don't see anything different in this game. I think this game is going to be very entertaining once again. Up tempo, you know, it's going to suit right into the way that Gahan is going to want to play against North. Because uh, I think if it gets down to slow down and pick North, just kind of bodies them with Jack Sawyer, it could be tough for them. So if they can get in an up tempo game and they can start making shots, uh, they're going to have a shot. Elijah Thomas is especially a senior that gets going in the transition game where he can get his shots off and get going from three. And then especially Sean Jones, he's a highlight special in the open floor. Um, and that's, they're going to have to play at this level. Hunter Shedden, going for 33 really surprised me in that game. You know, Hunter's a great player and 
you know, probably the top wing guard in the 2020 class, uh, but he'd never really scored like that. I don't see him doing that again. I see Jack, you know, putting up another 26, 28 points. Um, but if Elijah Thomas and Sean Jones, if they can combine for, you know, 50 plus points, which is no easy order, if they can do that, I think Gahanna has a shot. But otherwise, I see uh, the overall depth and, you know, toughness and strength of Pickerington North taking over. I think Idris Lawrence is another kid that he's playing great basketball right now. His confidence is at the highest level. And uh, that could be a game where he steps up and, you know, gives North a great performance. And these. If you have not seen either of these two guys, Jack Sawyer and Sean Jones are two must-see individual players in Central Ohio. So if you have not seen those two guys play yet in person, you need to do yourself a favor and take a game in. Yeah, those are two big-time players. Um, they're both going to be, you know, Division One talents at the next level. Um, I think Jack is maybe the toughest one-on-one matchup anywhere in the area and people need to get out and, you know, they need, they need to enjoy him because he's not going to be playing basketball for much longer. Once those, you know, Alabama offers start rolling in, I think he's going to be a football only kid. Um, So he could be someone like Taco Charlton that enrolls early and, you know, doesn't finish his entire senior year. So next year could be his last year of basketball. I don't know for sure, but uh, it seems like it's leaning that way. Here's a game that interests me because um, I don't know a whole lot. You you educated me last week on Wes Jefferson um, in their game against uh, Springfield Central Catholic. They got another big game this week against 11 and two Fairbanks is at 12 and three West Jeff. Uh, Fairbanks won the first game 58 48 Fairbanks put four and double figures that game. West Jeff had three and double figures. What can, can you tell us about uh, Fairbanks? So Fairbanks is a team that uh, they were a young squad last year. They're really starting to figure it out this year. And they have a senior, uh, Cross Hackathorn, who's about 6'5", sharp shooting wing, uh, can you know play in the post. He's their top guy. He had a big game the first time they played West Jeff. And in the Ohio Heritage Conference, uh, these are probably the top two teams. Springfield Central Catholic as well is right there. Um, but this is a big matchup. Well, actually, we'll have a guy there covering that game, um, and it'll be, I think, the first time we've covered an OHC matchup. So uh, really excited for this one. I think it could go either way. West Jeff plays better at home. They have a you know pretty rowdy crowd. Obviously, they're called the Rough Riders, so you would expect a pretty rough environment when you go there. <laughs> um, ben Casey's got to have a big game for West Jeff, and they got to get those outside shots to fall, um, I think, you know, Joe Thompson is someone on the wing that when he gets going, uh, West Jeff is really tough to stop. And um, if, when they're not going up against teams with athletes and that, and, you know, length and athleticism, they have a shot to be pretty good. Um, Fairbanks doesn't have a whole lot of that cross as their biggest guy, six, five, and they have a couple other uh, junior guards that can play. So this one, I, I think it'll be a pretty close game. These two teams know each other um, and they're not too far apart. I'm going to say West Jeff defends home court. I think they win in a close one. I'll take them uh, 51 to 47 in this one. So Zach likes the Rough Riders over Milford Center Fairbanks. Four other games Friday night of interest. Bishop Watterson at DeSales, a CCL matchup. Davidson at Upper Arlington. Upper Arlington's kind of reeling right now. Um, They need a win over Davidson on the home boards would be a good place to start. Uh, a game I'm kind of interested in seeing the result of a really good Logan team is going to be at St. Charles. 
and then Thomas Worthington at Dublin Jerome, a game that you mentioned earlier. Saturday, uh, we have the big Jared Solinger play-by-play classic in Columbus this year. It will be at Pickerington Central. In years past, it's been at Ohio Dominican. Uh, I believe it's been at Capitol before and even before that at the Schottenstein Center, but now it'll be at Pickerington Central this year. Uh, and that opens up with Thomas Worthington and Columbus Northland, so an OCC City League crossover game. You got Westerville North against Bishop Hartley, Olin Tangy Liberty, and Pickerington North, which should be an entertaining game. Uh, Ottawa Glandorf, a team out of Northwest Ohio, will come down and play Columbus Afrocentric. And then the final two games of the night will be Hilliard Bradley against Newark. And to close out the evening, we will have the fighting Sonny Johnsons of Garfield Heights coming off their big win at the fly into the hoop. And they will take on Pickerington Central in the nightcap. Zach, I assume that you are going to be at the play-by-play classic. Yeah, so I'll actually be there for the first three matchups. My uh, cousin Andrew's almost like a little brother to me. He's leaving for the Air Force on Monday. So okay. he's having a going, going away party Saturday night. So I will I'll see the first three games. I, I couldn't miss the Olentangy Liberty Pick North game. So I'll stay for that one. Then I, I won't be able to attend the last three. But thankfully, we have a big staff now, so we won't miss a beat. And we'll be able to provide coverage for that. Um, I'm excited for this one. I, I think the first two matchups, they don't excite me as much. But that Liberty Pick North game is uh, really what I'm interested in. Uh, it's a great one-on-one matchup between Ben Roderick and Jack Sawyer. You know, in my mind, those are like the top two toughest players in the area. So to see them go head-to-head, I think it's going to be really entertaining. Yeah, when you look at this card, I mean, you never know how things are going to – you never know how things are going to shake out from the start. But, you know, Hilliard, Bradley, Newark, in most years, that's a really, really exciting matchup. This year um, – it lost a little of its luster. You know, Bradley without Jack Pugh. Newark, uh, maybe a year away from being pretty good. Uh, they're a little bit down for their standards this year. Pickerington Central loses a couple of guys. Garfield Heights is young with the backcourt with Michi Johnson and Sonny Johnson, a sophomore and a freshman. Uh, Ottawa Glandorf, obviously um, coming down from Northwest Ohio, team I'm pretty familiar with. Columbus Afrocentric, not quite what they were last year, uh, but I would totally agree with you. The game that I circled was Olentangy Liberty at Pickerington North, in my opinion, should be the game of the day. I'm sure the last game of the night will get a lot of social media hype. Um, Man, George Howard against Sonny Johnson, like, could you write a better script? Than oh, that I right mean, there? I mean, it, it, I mean, you got you got a social media war. Uh, in that last game of the night. Um, I hope that it's um, some, I hope there's some stake and not just sizzle to that game. Yeah, that's one that either goes, it goes one way or the other. Uh, Obviously going to be super hyped up between, you know, both programs that uh, do very well at marketing their, their guys on social media. Um, So that'll be, I think that'll be an interesting one. Uh, The hype's going to be there. Uh, probably overtime will be there with their camera phones overhyping everybody on the floor. So uh, <laughs> big fans of them. Um, just no, I, I think, I think pick central defense home court. And I think Garfield's going to want to play a lot, probably like Trotwood did last week and try and go a hundred miles an hour. And if they do, I think Javon Garcia is going to have a big night. You know, 
I don't like to play the what if game, but when, when this game was made, um, I know you're looking at extreme star power. You got, you, you could have had Alonzo Gaffney on one side for Garfield Heights and then Pickering and central. You could have had Garcia, uh, Jeremiah Francis, um, even, uh, Josiah Fulcher, who, uh, is now at Lima senior, but on paper, when this game was made, I mean, this thing was loaded with stars. Absolutely. It was going to be, <laughs> when they scheduled this, it would have been probably the top game of the night. Now injuries and other things have happened um, to prevent that. Uh, I would, I would love to see that though. Gaffney versus Francis would have been absolutely entertaining. Um, it just sucks that neither one of those guys are uh, where they, you know, expected to be when they scheduled this game but either other way I mean anyways both teams have they still have division one talent on both sides of the floor um, it's still going to be entertaining but I think Garfield's really struggled in those big games this season I think pick central is just gonna um, you know do what they do and I think they get a win especially having having Landis is going to be huge because he'll be able to deal with the size and physicality that Garfield has so that'll serve central well I think that that could be a game where Jaden Lipscomb you know knocks down some threes and uh, gets going there Two other games to round out the weekend. Burn Union uh, will play at Harvest Prep. Uh, Burn Union fell 89-59 the first time around. I know you recently saw Burn Union. Um, Harvest Prep should win this game, but Burn Union's a Chase McCartney. It's a nice story. Absolutely. Uh, that was my first trip out to Burn Union. I, I want to thank the uh, athletic director, uh, Director Snively. He's a great guy. Didn't have service or Wi-Fi, and he hooked me up with the staff Wi-Fi. So Sugar uh, Grove, Ohio. Sugar out. Grove, Ohio. Population of 432. Uh, about 57 minutes from where I live, so it wasn't an easy trip. It was a great environment for a high school basketball game. You know, two Division Four teams that uh, don't get along, and that was – it went down to the wire. You know, it, it wasn't as – you know, it was closer than what the score might have suggested – uh, because Burn Union closed on a 17-1 to run in the fourth quarter. It seemed like Fisher Catholic was taking control, and then McCartney really just took over. Uh, great end-to-end speed in a game like that. You know, he that athleticism and quickness will make an impact, but when you're playing against Harvest Prep, everybody's as fast as he is. So it's going to be uh, it's gonna be tough sledding for Burn Union, especially going to Harvest Prep. It's not easy to win there. Um, I don't think they've lost at home since probably 2016 or 17. Uh, when Matt Bailey's Grove City Christian team went on the road, I think it was 2016 actually, went on the road and knocked them off uh, back when Grove City Christian and Harvest Prep formed a great rivalry. So I don't see Burn Union having a chance here. Uh, Harvest Prep's just too athletic, too long. Uh, Burn Union's got some players. Brock Unger's a sophomore that is a great shooter, um, but he's going to have guys in his jersey all game long, so I don't think it's going to be uh, great matchup on paper and especially you know athletically when that game tips off so I think Harvest Prep wins that one again probably 25 to 30 points I'd say and the last game I wanted to look at 10 and 2 Marion Pleasant is at 10 and 2 man Mansfield senior Mansfield senior kind of bouncing back off of a a very rare down year for the T-Y-G-E-R-S Tigers Uh, they are 10 and 2 on the year opened the season uh, got drubbed by Kaufman they have a 14-point loss to a very good Lexington team that was in the state semifinals. Shout out Cade Stover, future high State Buckeye on the gridiron. Also, Mr. Football this past year. Uh, but Marion Pleasant at Mansfield Senior. 
Zach, can you tell us anything about Marion Pleasant? Yeah, Pleasant's a team. They have um, a trio of seniors in Gage Williams, uh, Ethan Warner, and Nick Kimmel that have been really good. They're all averaging double figures. Uh, Kimmel's been their best player this season. He's about six-two guard, uh, can knock down shots from perimeter, can get to the basket. And then Warner's another football standout. Um, he's a quarterback this past season. He's about six foot five, six foot six. Had a breakout performance when uh, Marion Pleasant went on the road and played at Harvest Prep last year, and was really into it. Um, into the you know midway part of the third quarter, they had a lead, and then Harvest Prep took over. But uh, the Spartans are a team in Division Three that I think, uh, outside of you know the top three of maybe um, you know Worthington Christian, Harvest Prep, Columbus Academy, Johnstown. I think Pleasant's a team that's right there. Uh, they're kind of like the Northmore from last year, you know, a team from Northern Ohio that not everyone's familiar with, but they have seniors. Uh, they have guys that played together for a long time, and they're looking to uh, continue a strong season. But Mansfield Seniors is a tough squad. Uh, they beat Northland earlier in the year. Took a tough loss to Kaufman, but in that game against Kaufman, they lost by 40, but it was only like a five- or six-point game at halftime, and then Kaufman kind of had one of those crazy halves which they've really had all season long where they kind of mess around for the first 16 minutes and then uh, blow the doors off somebody in the second half. Uh, Mansfield Seniors, another tough squad. They have some players. Um, I think that one goes either way. And um, I see Pleasant, you know, taking a close one on the road in that one. All right, Zach, before we go spend the rest of the evening with our lovely wives, <laughs> uh, I'm going to hit you with two questions. Okay. First one, give me an upset special of the weekend all right um let me who else is playing this weekend let me take a look real quick um i think it's not really upset i think davidson will go on the road i think they beat kaufman um with these other matchups you mean you see, mean upper arlington yep sorry upper yeah. arlington um i could see i could see northland giving thomas burlington a tough game you know the vikings they play hard um they're gonna be you know, they still have the pride. It's the Jared Sollinger classic, so they're going to have to play um, a tough game. Uh, you got you got to represent. But the thing is, you got Sollinger's on both sides in that matchup too. That's true. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting. I think Dublin Jerome could is sticking along with Thomas Worthington. I think Jerome's going to come out uh, tomorrow night really fired up in that matchup. And uh, just going off, I'm going to pull up Saturday's games real quick. I don't have the schedule in front of me right now. Let me get it pulled up though. And while, while you're thinking of that, second question I was going to ask you, as a, okay. as a Ohio State Buckeye alum, do the Buckeyes get a W in January? Currently 0-5, they finished January at, out at Nebraska on Saturday in a noon game, which nobody wants to play in, and then they finished January at the team up north. Ooh, that's going to be tough. I think if the refs let Caleb Wesson play basketball, I think they'll have a shot. Um, he's been officiated differently than I think any other player in the Big Ten this season, which is really – when Caleb's off the floor, you know, Ohio State's really struggled to score. They don't really have anyone they can go to on a consistent basis to score for them. Um, I think they will. I think they'll beat Nebraska. I don't think they'll beat Michigan. Michigan's one of the elite teams in the country, and – haven't very haven't lost at all really in the last year or so other than the national championship game. Um, but going back to the upset pick, I think a potential upset, and I'll, I'll say it now, I think Dublin Sciota could beat Delaware Hayes. Um, I covered these two the first time they played, and Hayes closed on a 31-7 to run in the fourth quarter in overtime 
uh, to beat Sayota. Sayota matches up pretty well with him, and when they're knocking down shots, uh, they're very tough to stop. So that could be my upset pick. Another one, if Licking Heights can figure it out, they play Johnstown. Uh, Licking Heights, they have a matchup in Tyrese Huey for Owen Hazelbaker, and they have guards who can defend. And Johnstown, their backcourt has really struggled with pressure this year. Uh, when they lost to Columbus Academy in their first loss of the season, they basically couldn't get past the full court trap. Um, if Licking Heights comes out with intensity and they play as a team and they really you know, pressure Johnstown, that could be another game where Licking Heights maybe goes on the road and beats Johnstown. Or it could be a game where Johnstown locks up on defense and beats them by 20 and holds those guys at 25 points. So uh, either way, I think Licking Heights has a chance there. I think Dublin Sayota could, could also take down Delaware Hayes. Those would be my two picks um, for upsets on Friday night. So Zach, Zach's going with former Bishop Reedy, Muskingum Muskie standout Mike Moeller and his Dublin Sayoto squad. Shout out Coach Moeller over at Sayoto. And possibly Licking Heights uh, could sneak up on Johnstown. Zach, as always, fantastic work. Love having you on the show. Have an enjoyable evening, and we may run into each other this weekend. I'll see you, Kurt. I appreciate it, man. Thanks, bud.